Our sermon text for this Sunday is recorded in Paul's letter to Titus, the third chapter, beginning with the fourth verse. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward mankind appeared, he saved us, not by righteous works that we did ourselves, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs in keeping with the hope of eternal life. So far the word. When I was young and growing up, I didn't always feel like I had many sort of like red-headed role models to look up to. Uh, there was one guy, though, uh, that, you know, when I was in high school, would watch him. I, he was on a little late, so it was usually just the start. But uh, Conan O'Brien was on NBC uh, for a while there. And in high school, he seemed like kind of the pinnacle of what red-headed folk can achieve. Uh, he uh, I was a celebrity, um, a funny guy. He uh, actually went to Harvard, and you thought, well, look at, look at him and how well he's doing for himself. And then not too long ago, I was talking with a friend, and I guess he's more up on things than I am, but he, he watched Conan on like a podcast or something like that. And Conan had talked about how he had watched this, uh, watched a show where the, in this one episode, the, it showed the inner thoughts of the main character throughout that episode. And the negative thought, and his thoughts were all like really negative things about himself. And clearly, you know, having kind of self-esteem problems and things like that. And Conan uh, thought to himself, you know, he, he, it sounded like he was kind of felt like he was the only guy that had those similar thoughts about himself too. And so he found that show actually quite relatable. And so I was talking to my friend about this, and it was just kind of interesting that, you know, our thoughts are so private and kept to ourselves, and then a show like that can sort of expose how, oh, wow, yeah, I guess maybe a lot of people can feel really negative about themselves at times and have, you know, what's called, like, negative self-talk. And even Conan O'Brien, kind of the pinnacle of redheadedness, if he can feel that way. Uh, and me and my friend were talking, they're like, yeah, we you know, have bad days too, uh, where we can feel you know, very negative about things and how, how things have gone or what we've said or things like that. And, and it seems like that's a really kind of relatable thing. And I bring this up um, because I, th- I think our text helps uh, actually with this sort of thing. And we see very clearly here with Trinity Sunday, all three persons of the Trinity, uh, their work for us, and shown in this text, especially powerfully, with the gospel. Now, the gospel is something that it can be very easy to keep it kind of in the abstract world and not sort of concretize it in our lives. The law is a lot easier to concretize because it's stuff that we can concretely, you know, point to saying or doing or things like that, the gospel it can kind of sometimes be easy for us to keep kind of floating out there in the sky of our thoughts and not realizing how that kind of impacts our day-to-day life. And so I want to kind of map that gospel a little bit on our lives, especially in this, just this one specific area about how sometimes our you know, negative thinking or self-esteem uh, 
can kind of create problems for us, but then also focus on how the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, work together to help us, not only in this one concrete instance, but in many more things as well, of course. Now, it seems to me that when we get into negative self-talk or kind of thinking bad things about ourselves, that it really shows how much our own human works are in the driver's seat of our lives. And a lot of us have probably heard here in church, you know, time and time again, how God has done everything to, you know, save us, how he's worked faith in our hearts, how he's taken our sins away, and all of those wonderful things. Um, And yet, in our day-to-day life, uh, when we have negative self-talk or challenges of self-esteem, it's because we're thinking about the things that we've done, right? It's our lives and the things that we maybe said or things like that too. And when that's the case, uh, we're really thinking through our lives in kind of a work-based mode. Even though in church we would think, well, yeah, I'm saved by grace, but often with how we live, we can act like works are really the main thing that make us either right with God or right with all the other people around us. And so it's not as easy to live uh, by and with that gospel comfort each and every day. A lot of it, of course, is going to have to do with our fallen sinful self. Uh, You know, we have negativity sometimes and negative self-talk, and in part because we've done things wrong, and that is going to lead us to conclude negative things about ourselves. We're reminded of our shortcomings each and every day. Whether it's, you know, we maybe see someone else and see how well, they seem to have things together, a really nice person, but we're more aware of our own works, the things that we've done or not done, and we can say, well, I'm not, I haven't been as nice as this person. I maybe haven't been as helpful as this other person. And so we see and our shortcomings are right in front of our face every single day of our lives. Uh, and in our heart of hearts, we're going to find those shortcomings then. We're going to say, well, yeah, maybe I'm not as nice as I usually project. Maybe I get upset at others easily. Maybe I say things I shouldn't say. And maybe, you know, that negativity is just kind of the intuition that if I think something bad about someone else, just maybe other people think bad things about me. And maybe they have good reason to uh, at times. And so it is kind of a tough thing. Uh, You know, we have negativity in part because we have things we've messed up on. And I think our text addresses this most clearly when it stresses about us being saved not by works of righteousness that we have done. I mean, it's really straightforward. It's not these works of righteousness that have uh, made us right with God. And it's something that is not easy to apply in our everyday life. Uh, sometimes, sometimes in our world, and it's maybe a cliche or things that people sort of say, but you can get a feeling that um, we can sort of create your own reality. Uh, and that can sound like a good thing maybe on a good day, but the reality is, is that on a bad day, that's going to be kind of bad if we create our own reality. Um, and... I think our text here helps us out a great deal because it shows how the Holy Trinity creates a new reality for us. 
And we see it in the language in the text when it talks about this, uh, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. In that, with that prefix of re, that's really highlighting kind of recreation language. The, our original sinless state before the fall is to some extent getting renewed in this. Our status that was lost is getting restored. And by this washing of, of rebirth and renewal, of course the washing uh, by the Holy Spirit, we connect with baptism. Because in Acts 22, when the Apostle Paul who at that time was called Saul, but when he is converted, uh, he's told to uh, repent of it. He's told to uh, wash and be cleansed for the forgiveness of sins. And so washing there is connected with baptism. And so in baptism, beginning with that, we have this cleansing, this recreation. So instead of sort of the prisons of negativity that we can build for ourselves and trap ourselves in, the Holy Spirit in working faith in our hearts creates a new and better reality for us. And with the text pointing out, you know, going from the third person of the train to the second person, uh, it mentions uh, that this is poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that's because this washing, this taking away of sins, takes place because of what Jesus has done save us with his you know, life, his death, and his resurrection, and all of that. And I think it goes to show how um, with our lives and our sinfulness, we do key, on, key in correctly that there are things in ourselves to be negative about, and you know, those we call, of course, sins. But with the Son, the second person of the Trinity, he's try, he did this work to cancel that out, to undo all of the things that we have to be negative about us. And it's a great comfort because it's easy to kind of want to put a Band-Aid on this sort of a thing and think, well, I'm, you know, I can have better self-esteem if I focus on maybe this positive thing that I've done. And, and it's helpful to point out you know, the things that have gone well in our Christian life. But the reality is, is that that's, that's not just going to quite be good enough. And with the Son, and with his death on the cross, taking away our sins, we see, wow, I, now I can really look at my life in a different angle. That uh, my self-esteem is not really like grounded in myself and my works, but God has created this new reality for us where the sins, the, everything I have to be negative about is just gone, is put on Jesus on the cross and is paid for there. And what's more, we know with our you know, biggest problem of death that he, he rose again, he conquered. He didn't just take on sins, he conquered as well. And we rise just like he did, and we have eternal life thanks to entirely his work for us. And this is not only um, an eternal reality, it is, of course, but it's also a day-to-day reality that can shape the way that we think and live. Because um, then... You know, when we, we feel those negative inclinations or the, the, the self-doubt or the feeling depressed about ourselves, we know that this gospel, this word of God, is more powerful than our own you know, negativity or negative thoughts or things like that. And so I, I hope that when 
when we do feel negative about ourselves, uh, or something goes wrong, or having a bad day, or feeling depressed, that we can say, this is exactly one of the things that the gospel is there for. It's there to say, hey, I, I don't need to live like that. I have a Savior who's taken those sins on the cross. I live as a renewed child of God. And when other people are maybe struggling or negative, I think that maybe can be a helpful you know, avenue to talking to them about Jesus. You know, how, how do we really address or how do we help uh, when we are facing these problems or negativities or things like that in our lives? Uh, God's word is powerful than our you know, mere talk. He, he has taken away the source of everything we have to be negative about in, in what Christ has done to save us. And then now moving from the second person of the Trinity, the first person of the Trinity, uh, the Father shows up in the text when it says, when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward mankind appeared. And this is distinct from the Holy Spirit and the Son that are mentioned later on in this text. And I think that's helpful, This uh, going back to the first person of the Trinity here, because I, I want to highlight this particular phrase about the, the love of God our Savior toward mankind. Um, really in Greek we have one word in the original language of the text where we get our word philanthropy from. And this is love uh, toward humankind or mankind. And so uh, I think that's a really helpful image for us when we see what's really in the driver's seat of our lives and our salvation and, and, and both now and eternally. It's God's love for humankind generally and then obviously to us specifically um, too. Uh, and this love is the controlling thing for us. It creates reality. The, the Holy Spirit comes and works faith in our hearts and with that faith we have these new eyes and we can see God acting not only in Christ but with the first person of the Trinity as well. He, he came, he, he sent the Son uh, so that now we can live free, whether it's uh, you know, for eternal life, but also even in the negative things, even in facing the challenges uh, in our personal lives. Uh, his love is there to overpower and conquer that negativity. He sent the Son to take away our sins. He's renewed us in recreated reality through the Holy Spirit. And so hopefully we can see that in this text, we have all three persons of the Trinity uh, working together to not only give us salvation, but to also uh, change our outlook on life because the life we have now is a different one because of God. It's a recreated, it's renewed, it's rebirth. And that's, a, I think, a wonderful thing to live in. That the human works... The sins are not in the driver's seat of our lives at all. That ultimately, Christ came to take, take care of that. The Holy Spirit comes to us in the Word, in that baptism, that washing, to continually recreate and renew us each and every day. And ultimately, the Father, as the true and greatest philanthropist, in His love, He's controlling all things for us and our good. And so, with no works to show for ourselves, He's the one that ultimately loved us and saved us, and his philanthropy uh, is in the driver's seat of our lives. And I think that's a great comfort. And this gospel is not just something abstract, but 
concrete, whether it's in the realm of negative self-talk or really in many other ways, we can live knowing that, yeah, this gospel has many avenues to apply to us each and every day as we um, look forward to eternal life in our Lord. Amen.